0: Hello friends, Kirk Henderson of Mavs Moneyball. Welcome to Radio Free Mavericks, another episode at kind of one of the weirder points of free agency where there's just not a lot going on. But that's never stopped us before and that's not going to stop us today. The only bit of Mavs news that I've seen is the recent uh, note in Mark Stein's sub stack, which God Sham God is going to stick with the Mavericks coaching staff, which I find very interesting. Um, a big chunk of Rick Carlisle's coaching staff has more or less moved on. That's normal. Uh, but God Sham God sticking in Dallas is I think a value. He's a coach and you know former player uh who is really well liked for the kind of range that he's at he's he you know he, he's famous for a very particular move which if any of you youths out there um didn't know it uh it is is he he just go look it up he incredible ball handler so um you know beyond that i'm kind of interested to uh, hear what you guys are thinking about, what you're talking about. Um, I, before I, I start bringing people up on stage, I did have one question that I liked um, from uh, just my tweet when I noted that I was going to do this about an hour and a half ago. And it was from our friend Jose, who said that he was curious about uh, what I thought about the, the Locked on Mavs sort of hypothetical trade where since the Kings are kind of interested in shopping the number 9 pick, uh what would i think about uh Bagley buddy in a first round pick uh meaning that number 9 and the Mavericks and KP and Green. Um if we can sort of accept the fact that i don't think the Kings would do that trade, um i would do it in a heartbeat. Who would i pick? That that uh at 9, literally anyone, more talent, give me young talent on rookie free agent uh, or I'm sorry, and rookie, rookie scale contracts. That, that is it for me. Very, uh, very into that one. Um, And then our friend Leo, who occasionally hops in and out also asks uh, the Mavs are going to have some open spots. Do you think the Mavs will lean towards older, more experienced players, or will they take a chance on an undrafted or project player? Leo, this is actually an excellent question, and one I've not really thought about. Um, I, I suppose it depends who makes it to free, like like undrafted free agency, uh, because, you know, the Mavericks have a couple of guys, and, and this is just the way it is with these, like, 16th, 17th spots. Those spots are fluid at best. Uh, Green's going to be overseas uh, playing in the Olympics, which gives, you know, opens up at least one roster spot on the Summer League team. And, you know, they got to feel the whole squad of dudes. A couple of years ago, last time I went, campaign was actually on the Mavericks uh, squad. And, and really, that was where he started his sort of comeback, believe it or not. Um, so there's there's always opportunities for dudes to shine at Summer League. Uh, I, I think if there are good undrafted guys that are really showing potential, then that's that's the way they would go. But in all likelihood, I really do bet they go veteran presence route. Um, that seemed to be sorely lacking last year. And I think they like the batch of young guys that they have, unless Tyrell Terry is somehow involved in some, in, in a move. Um, I, I, think him and Bay and, uh, our other guy, uh, down there at, uh, from the university of Houston are, are going to probably be the young projects that they assign people to. Um, all right, I got a couple more questions in here, but I will leave them maybe till later, uh, since we have some folks that are requesting to come up. Just so you guys know, I'm seeing, I'm very grateful for the, the folks that joined this room. But if there's anybody that's new and wants to come up, you're going to get preference over a lot of our repeat callers. So let's talk soon. Uh, coming up first, we're going to bring on Mr. Moore. How are we?
1: Hey, Kirk, how's it going? It's good. So, yeah, like you said, uh, not the most interesting off season so far. I wanted to get your thoughts on another long shot thing that's been reported if Chris Paul opts out of his player option uh that the Mavs would be interested and that he would theoretically be interested it's not it's I don't think a huge likelihood because he'd be getting paid 41 million and I don't know if he would opt out of that after going to the finals but hey you never know and uh reports have been circulating today so I thought I'd get your thoughts on it
0: of course I hadn't finished chewing yet um all right, here's the deal. This really kind of comes down to the question of, do you think Chris Paul makes the team better? What do you, I'm, I'm asking you.
1: Uh, yeah, I do personally. I <laughs> uh, may be alone in that, but yeah, I mean, he took the, this to the finals after. No,
0: I, I don't think you're alone in this. Like, yeah. I think we're all fearful of his age and his size. Okay. Two years ago, I kind of had the take of, all right, I don't want more. I don't want guys that will take the ball out of Lucas' hands. Now we've seen that he has the ball in his hands too much. Anything that will make the team better has to be sort of on the table as okay. Even a guy that I don't like, like DeRozan, has to be on your on your like bandwidth as this will help or at least, at least, it will make the Mavericks very different. Chris Paul, I think, helps. Um, his, I think, he would have lower usage than he did with the Suns. They expected an awful lot of him, but you know, he, he Luca is infinitely better than Booker. I don't, you know, that's probably a bit of a hot take after he makes it to the finals, but you know, Luca, the the Bucks didn't send double teams at Booker. Like that's not a uh, that's not a thing that happens if Luca plays the Bucks. Just telling you that much. Um, but I, I think. Paul is, is the kind of culture setter that you're okay with. Now, does the concept of Luka Doncic, Jason Kidd, and Chris Paul all in a huddle make me laugh out loud because that's three strong-willed dudes? That is a lot of, of will. So I, I think from a practicality point, it's probably on the lower end, but I also think the Mavericks are simply doing their due diligence and letting every single person on the free agent market know that they are open for business.
1: Yeah, I think it's just. Um, I think Miko is actually maybe doing his job a little bit. Is that is that crazy? Is it crazy that no, I mean, a Mavs front office member could do their job and like reach out to all the guys that are available and be like, "Hey, we're
0: interested in making our team better." I mean, I, I sort of think it was also happening. It's just they weren't getting calls back. Um, I, I think that, that, you know, we very much can tell in hindsight, they had a problem with people taking their money for at least the last five years. So, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm just going to not be harshly against it. There's part of social media and really just, you know, content culture these days is the willingness to sort of stake out a claim and say, I don't want to do this. And, you know, I'm, I've done it, but this summer I'm just not gonna, so I'm, I'm open. I'm open for these sorts of things.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've just been begging them to improve the team for so long that at this point, like, any improvement is kind of, like, much, much like much needed, and I, I would welcome it. Even if it's Chris Paul, even if it's Kyle Lowry on a three-year contract, and I'm kind of like, uh-uh, about... Even if it's DeMar DeRozan, I'm just like, okay, that's cool. Like, just bring someone in who can score the basketball and won't pout in the corner in a playoff run. Like, that's good for me. If you want to trade KP... And Josh Green or Richardson, I don't care, for the uh, number nine pick. Go do it. It's fun. Go get someone who's better than what we have now. Like, just do something. Because, I mean, we've seen that this team isn't – this isn't a finals team right now. And uh, the only way to get to the finals is to change something. That's right.
0: That's right. Well, thank you very much. You got anything else? That's all I got.
1: Um excited to listen to what everyone else has to say thanks for bringing me up
0: sure thing buddy have a good day coming up next all regulars but you know what i'm gonna let this guy skip the line because he's probably working and he shouldn't be on locker room hey dalton what's up yeah dalton's also not getting his audio to work which is beautiful
2: hello hello how are you doing i'm doing good i had a call come in i didn't know you were bringing me up next sorry (laughs) no not a problem buddy Okay, so I don't have anything specific I wanted to talk about. I mainly just wanted to tell you that I think your uh, your room name is trash. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, you don't know like context. it. I don't know if there. I don't know the context behind it, but I feel like it was. Uh, I feel like it was directed at me in some way. No, no. It, well, so, I mean, I guess I guess tangentially. I'm, but I mean, season two of Ted Lasso comes out today,
0: and I once I heard somebody refer to Ted Lasso as toxic positivity. And it just made me laugh, and so I thought that well, was going to be the name of my room.
2: I'm, I'm mainly joking with you because we've had some Mavs Twitter discussion the last few days about, you know, being too positive or being too negative and all that crap, but, which is typical when you're about to come into free. And there's just people. nothing to talk about, I mean, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> where, I mean, Let's where eat ourselves
0: you with what? a dumb shit argument, Twitter 101.
2: Well, we're about a week and a half away from free agency. Uh, we're less than a week away from the draft. I mean, where are you at right now with the Mavs? This
0: is difficult because, as you well know and most of the room knows, I'm moving to Dallas on Monday, and I desperate like, the jokes set themselves up. You know, Nick uh, of Locked on Mavs already moved there. But, like, that I'm moving there at the start of free agency just allows me to make the joke in advance that I'm the biggest Dallas offseason acquisition. And and I, I don't know. I, I secretly hope for something weird to happen on draft night just because I love the draft, like not being able to cover it in any substantive way with guy because there's just a lot of interesting dudes. I think that people are sort of coming down on like the depth of the class, so to speak. But you know, there's like, there's a dude named Bones Highland and like, we don't get to really talk about him because there's no chance he's going to be a Maverick. I mean, this spot, this show's talked about uh, uh, Garuba a time or two, but there's so many interesting dudes that, that if the Mavericks had had their pick for some reason from, you know, I don't know where they'd be. Is it like 21, 22, something like that, that it would be worth, it'd just be fun to talk about. And I'm really sad. We don't get to talk about the draft free agency. I, I mean, I'm mostly, I mean, I'm, I, I, you know, my pinned tweet has something about cautious optimism on it, and that's that's where I'm at. You know, there's no reason for me to and the, the only the only reason for me to endlessly murder the Mavs is that Mark Cuban is still involved and Mark Cuban is still talking and Mark Cuban is still Mark Cuban. Um that's the only reason to be a grump, but the other stuff the other stuff is new, and I think having, you know, two men of color at the top or three really, Michael Finley too it's it's I mean there's just there's a lot of interesting stuff going on at the Mavericks that, that I'm really looking forward to seeing.
2: Yeah, and I'm interested in seeing how, how much Nico Harrison values the draft versus what we've become accustomed to with the Mavs over the last mm-hmm. two decades.
3: <laughs> yeah. like,
2: uh, I know he has all the you know connections with the star players because of Nike and everything, but I read a piece a while back saying how he actually has a really good eye for talent overall, uh, where it's like with Donnie Nelson, it's like he had an eye for talent, uh, well, for overseas talent. But sure. when, it came, when it came to you know American talent, uh, or you know the the guys that Mark Cuban kind of took a shot at AAU ball <laughs> a while back that caused a big stir. I mean, they just they didn't they don't really do well in that area, and I think that's a, that's a that's an area where Nico Harrison uh, might help out. So I mean, if if they find a guy who they like and it's in a range where it's reasonable. You know, trade for that pick. I mean, I could see them potentially trading a guy like Dorian Finney Smith, uh, you know, for for a player they really like in the draft. And yeah. that Finney Smith, he's about to get paid after this next season. He's going to get a, a, I mean, it's not yep. going to be outrageous, but it's going to be a massive uh, pay raise from what he's currently yeah. making. Yeah. And he's I think he's probably Josh like a full, Green, full med well, level
0: exception guy for, for yeah. he's, he's going to yeah. make like 10 or 11 million a year, and he's worth it, I think.
2: And I think Josh Green, I mean, just given – he obviously has a, a ways to go. But I think with his potential and his skill set, his current skill set, I think that he has yeah, – there's potential for him to take over that Dorian Finney-Smith role uh, going forward if he gets the if he gets the playing time and he continues to progress. Because last year it was just such a weird season for a lot of guys. Uh, you know, we don't have Rick Carlisle anymore, so I feel like he's going to be given a little bit more – of an opportunity to showcase what he can do. And I think it's really going to help him playing with the Australian national team this off season too. But uh, I really think he can kind of slip into that Dorian Finney-Smith role and then they can use uh, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith to bring in a a good asset, you know, whether it's another player or or a pick or something like that. I just, uh, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I think Dorian Finney-Smith could be a good trade
0: Well, so Lauren Gunn, Who you know is on here? She does a lot of green rooms and TikToks and stuff like that. Occasionally writes for us at MassMoneyball.com too. And she turned in a a you know just kind of out of nowhere like her various thoughts on free agency. And you know I've talked about it a lot, but it was nice to sort of read it in one condensed form where it's you know this is an off season with a lot of options, a lot of options and. We value certain players a certain way, but I think that, you know, when you really look at, like, the individual pieces, the Mavericks can move, could theoretically move a lot of guys, a lot of guys, you know, from Richardson, Powell, Finney-Smith, Brunson, Maxie, like, they have a number of tradable, appetizing contracts with players who could round out someone else's rotation. At a certain point, these sorts of lineup things are about finding the right fit. It's not saying that these guys aren't good enough, though we have said that and 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 uh, just in terms of I'm just mainly talking about roster construction, not the individual Mavericks pieces. But like if, if you get a different guy who brings that certain um je ne sais quoi, uh to, to what is missing from the Mavericks uh, you know, ingredient list, then then that's what they have to do. And I think that's partially why Josh and I have been so frustrated since twenty nineteen, where you know, eight of the ten rotation guys have been the same for two-plus seasons. So,
2: Okay, look, I'm, I'm going to shift gears on you for a second, and then I'll, I'll hop off here and, you know, let y'all talk about it, you and if anybody else wants to hop in and talk about it. But one of the recent rumors, and it seems like the Mavs have just been connected to pretty much every big free agent, which, sure. I mean, that's that's not a surprise, but – uh, one of the more recent ones is Rashawn Holmes. Uh, Shams, he or Shams, however you say it, he reported it the other day uh, that, you know, the Mavs were likely going to pursue him. And we've speculated about Holmes, you know, for a long time, but I think that was like the first official report we've seen from that. And I talked with uh, my guy Grant uh, Afseth, he's my DallasBasketball.com com. Yep. colleague and he came on our pod uh, a few weeks ago and we were talking about how Holmes would be an amazing fit with Luca. he would be incredible sure. and I saw a stat where last season like uh guys percentages at the rim were reduced by like a little over nine percent uh, when Holmes was on the floor <laughs> yeah so uh, I think he would be a great fit but the thing is like Aside from rim protection, his overall defense isn't great. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, it kind of feels like if they went that route, they'd have to do something with KP. unless Maybe. KP, just, Unless KP just magically morphs back into bubble KP.
0: Well, M- Matt Phillips, and, and uh, you're right. So if you got to go, I hear you, and I, I can continue to talk about this a little bit. Um, Matt Phillips, one of our contributors, has, has talked about – if KP is limited, you can still work around that. It's that you don't have a defensive philosophy designed around KP being a God when he's not. And, and those sorts of things are are certainly flexible. I, I don't know if those two could play together. Um, they're definitely a pair of centers and with a vast height difference, not real. I'm not sure who would guard whom. And, and that becomes problematic because KP away from the rim just isn't great. Um, I will say the offensive fit is fascinating. He, has a bag that is unlike any that the current Mavericks centers have. Um, Our our contributor, Joe Holbert, is putting something together. And Kings guys will tell you this. He has, like, this weird push shot floater that is the kind of shot that NBA defenses in the playoffs like intend to give up. But he is uh, – it's just – it's a weird deal. So it's like – I. Yeah, the Mavericks didn't have many options in the playoffs when it came like there were just not a lot, you know, people were taking difficult or contested shots and Luca was amazing. So it's offensively I like the fit, defensively I completely understand the, the the trepidation.
2: And 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 somebody mentioned in the chat here uh too, you know, what about Nerland Noel as a cheaper option? Well, I mean, I would like that too. I think they need to add some form of versatile rim protection and Nerlens Noel, especially with Rick Carlisle gone now, I would love to give that a shot. Yeah,
0: Nerlens is good, like legit good. I'm not sure about minutes, and I don't know if he's a starter. But I mean, I, at the price, like at the price that he will be available for, you know, it it, it would be worth it to me. I think so. Well, appreciate you, Dalton, for coming up. He had to go back to work. Um, I'm gonna bring up different people. Who we got here? I have a new name, and if it, and and Mason, if I brought you up before, and don't remember. I apologize, but Mason, how
4: good? Uh, Long time listener, first time speaker. How's it going? Great. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, you know, before uh, before we start, I kind of feel like this uh, this room title is kind of uh, my relationship with you, Kirk. Because- <laughs> For the longest time, uh, you know, I've been a, a Mavs moneyball reader, so I work over at Frogs of War, the TCU SB Nation sister site. So you know, pretty familiar with SB Nation and whatnot for a while. But I started following you, hilariously enough, the off season of 2019, and I swear to God, my hairline receded like the next three weeks. Uh, um, it was
0: a rough time for me. Rough time. I, for I me. think it
4: was a rough time for all of us. I mean, I, I almost picked up a smoking habit, but you know, you know now. I, I, again maybe it was Cuban maybe it was Donnie I feel like you've kind of just slowly eroded me over to your way of thinking now and you know I don't know if that's just because I engage more with uh mass Moneyball content but again yeah so then seeing this uh seeing this room title is just absolutely cracking me up but you know um I know we've kind of all had our like our trying to keep our rational hats on as best as possible I mean I, I do love Dalton's constant optimism but uh, the only kind of question I had for you really is, you know, let's let's take out cap craziness. Let's take out trades, whatever. You know, you're we have the hardest part, which is we have Luca. Which you know, there are however many teams in the NBA that have a top, you know, eight asset. Um, and so, like, what what is your dream team around him? Like, you're let's play GM Kirk. You know, who are you putting around Luca? That's obviously not like the the redeem team, but you know. With what we have, um, you know, what's like, what's that best way to a championship with a team uh, around Luca?
0: Oh, man. I mean, the actual answer to this question is 2019, 2020, Christoph Um The way he played that season, the numbers show it, and the numbers even this last season show it. Those two fit. Um, what we have is a human nature m- misfire at the moment. Um, you know, and, and I was listening to uh, a podcast. uh, It's the, the nerder she wrote podcast, great, great podcast title on the athletic uh, basketball feed. And um, Dave DuFour and my friend Seth Partnow were talking about, uh, you know, largely how about drop coverage and scheme and how it's like, if you don't have the right players, like you just can't do this stuff. Right. And defensive basketball is so challenging in the NBA. Now the rules are so tilted towards offense that you need kind of just the the right confluence of events, or you have to do what the Lakers do, which is just foul the shit out of everyone, every play and hope that it doesn't get called. Um, so, so, you know, like Luca and KP are kind of the starting points, but now I think what they really need to do is just bring in a rotation of wings and keep trying different fits. You know, we love Dorian, but I'm just not sure if he's that guy. Um, Mavs fans hate this, but Alex Caruso would work next to Luca. I'm not sure how long he's, his body's going to last out because he's a little bit of an older guy, but it's, you know, you're, you're six, five to six foot, nine players that I'm, I'm really interested in in the Mavericks have to throw more of them out there just because size ends up ultimately mattering, even though guys are playing quote, small, like down positions. Um, I don't know about like, like truly dream scenarios when I'm thinking like this off season, like, you know, Tony Snell played pretty well for the Hawks at points. And I think he would work in the same way in Dallas, just given a different role. I, I, they just need to try guys and, and where they've ended up getting stuck the past several off seasons is since wing is, you know, kind of the, the de facto most difficult position to sign players for they end up getting guards. I mean, and, and then bigs as a last resort. And I just, you know, that's why like we talked ourselves into at least in as Moneyball* into Josh green eventually, because he is a bigger guy. Like he, he's not as tall, but he's like, he's built like a linebacker. Um, we talked ourselves into Tyler Bay because he's got a preposterous wingspan. And I understand that, you know, sometimes guys just need time to grow, but, The real difficult part of answering this question for me is so much of where the Mavericks are now is not just, it's a combination of poor decision making paired with bad luck. Like slipping from three to five in the draft is just such an understatedly devastating problem. Like Cam Reddish, who went with that pick to the Hawks, would help Dallas right now. Like the dude is enormous and he's a solid wing. I don't know if he can shoot or play offensive basketball, you know, barring a couple of his playoff performances. But that's that's kind of where I am. I mean, I know I didn't answer your question specifically about perfect fit, but but that's that's just my thinking.
4: No, I I mean, I I definitely get that, and and frankly, I think my answer, which I'm sure it's been talked to death here, um, is you know, you kind of look at what the Hawks did. Like they were in the lottery, and then just shortly after, they were in what the. not the conference finals, but the second round. So, or no, no, it was conference finals. My bad. Um, and you know, they have a good pair of wings. They have shooters and, you know, Trey did step it up, but yeah, I mean, like you said, kind of the mishandling of, of those assets has cost us. And you know, the day that the Mavs get like lottery luck will be the day that I grow to be like six, seven. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, frankly to me, I think we just need again, more shooters. Actually, that reminds me, uh, I asked this to a lot of my friends, and I was surprised with their answer. But price tags the same. Who would you rather have, Dorian or Mikael Bridges?
0: I mean, Mikael Bridges like a thousand times out of a That's thousand. Exactly. But, I mean, Mikael Bridges surprised. was like the third guy on my board in two thousand eighteen. Like I loved that dude, and I never would have even envisioned this. So I have yeah. to, I have to merc my my colleague Matt Phillips, who does not like my my Reddish comment. I am sorry, Matt. He's six foot ten. Being a six foot ten ball handler is of value. Whether he is outstanding or not, he's still six. He's five inches taller than Josh Green. That's going to matter over the course of one's career. Oh well.
5: <laughs> oh
4: man. <sighs> well, I appreciate your time, Kirk. I'll leave you, but uh, you know, let's just uh, stay strong for the weeks ahead. And ha- oh yeah, no, it's going to be fun.
0: We're gonna, it's going to be fun. Thank you very much. You have a good day. You too. Okay, coming up. Christian. How you doing, Christian? Hey, what's up, Kurt? Just a nice little uh, Friday where my house is.
6: Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure that's going to be a pain on Monday. Um, you know, safe travels. want to make sure you guys get there good. Uh, yeah, to the people in the comments uh, talking about the show that will go unnamed, please don't ruin it for me. I'm <laughs> um, early in, and I hate spoilers. I have a nephew that, as soon as we turn in a movie, tells me the ending, and it's beyond frustrating. But uh, anyways, getting back into it, I am i think a lot of us are, but I'm just so conflicted on what to do uh, this free agency because getting to the the name of the group, I really, really <laughs> – am selling myself on the Zach Levine pipe dream and I want to ensure. It's not, it's a, this is a
0: terrible thing. I don't know why you're doing this to yourself. This is not
6: happening. I know I, I'm stressing myself out. And then uh, I, I tweeted that I'm the, uh, you know, the leader of the train on the Zach Levine or, you know, the leader of the Zach Levine train to the Mavericks. And I had a, quite a few bulls people in my mentions freaking out on me too. So um, either which way I, am just a bit conflicted because I do want, you know, younger assets that we can potentially flip into the future or uh, giving bloated kind of one year contracts or, you know, two year contracts with the team option to someone and again, I don't know if this can happen, but to someone like Mike Conley, just because I feel he'll be a little bit cheaper than lowry um I think he'll be a little bit uh more expensive than Dinwiddie, but I also think that with the age with all those kind of things playing in uh we can you know sign him to one year two year uh long, uh you know uh Hefty contract, I guess. And I do think that if we add Mike Conley and if we're able to add, you know, a relatively cheap shooter, a Wayne Ellington, something like that, uh, I do think we can really compete because I think that secondary ball handler is the most important for me. And unless we trade KP, I'm completely out on Rashawn Holmes. I really like him, but I just the fit would be a nightmare. KP can't play the four. So then does Rashawn play the four, et cetera. Um, but I think I'm selling myself on Mike Conley on a bloated contract with the dream of Zach Levine. next.
0: I appreciate your thirst, Christian. I don't really have much in response to that though. But- <laughs> yeah. So you got any, you got anything?
6: No, no, just wanted to hopefully get some people on the train. um, I, I I think we can do this. I'll keep the optimism up, and hopefully the new front office changes that. But uh, appreciate it as always, Kirk. And, you know, like I said.
0: Thanks, buddy. Okay, coming up next, we got, see if anybody else news crept in. I
7: see Nate down here. Nate, welcome. Hit that hey, unmute. Sir. There we go. How, How are you? Ya? Good, good. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you're starting to come around to Chris Stops. You know, I, I've been following you all all year on Twitter and, uh, and uh, I know you've been frustrated, but, uh, I think with a full healthy off season, I think he'll, he'll bounce back. He'll get his legs under him. Uh, well, he could stay healthy. I think that's, up you know, up to see, but, uh, I think, uh, I think people are just too eager to trade him and, uh, Especially his current value just, just doesn't make sense. Um, and, uh, with, as well as bringing a player like Rashawn, as the previous speaker was was saying, they're just not compatible together defensively. Um, so I'm interested in seeing what the Mavs will do. I think, I think throwing a high dollar value at Lowry is probably our best bet for a reliable ball handler. And then just, you know, filling up the holes outside of that um but i just kind of want to get that off my chest and uh i'll let you get back to it thank you nate appreciate that um
0: i the, the kp stuff is so funny for me because it really depends on like what's going on in my day how i feel about him and i may take it out on him um you know, we had a great time the other night, laughing about the workout photos. Uh, but then again, I think everyone's workout photos are funny. So, so that's I don't know, that's something. Okay, coming up next, Brandon. How are you doing, Brandon? Brandon. Yeah, Brandon definitely put his phone down. Um, coming up next, we have Ike. What's happening?
8: What's up, Kirk? How's it going? Happy Friday.
0: Thank you. I uh,
8: hope you have a good move. Um, couple of things. I got to give a shout-out <laughs> before I ask my question. I got to give a shout-out to X. Like Most times I'm in full agreement with what X states and conveys as far as his thoughts. But one thing that kind of triggered me was uh, when he compared um, John Collins to Dwight Powell. And just something in my soul said, I think John Collins needs to have a very in-depth conversation with X with that <laughs> sort of disrespectful insult, you know, uh, much respect to Dwight Powell, but John Collins has leaps and bounds better than him, but I digress. Um, you know, well, w- before I get to my question, one of the things that is often, um, I guess, kind of the debate is, oh, one Mass fan will say, oh, we should get so and so player. And then the counter is, Oh, he won't fit and stuff like that. And a lot of times I'm in agreement a lot, but, um, it's like our team isn't that talented. <laughs> it was, you know, kind of shouldered by Luca for the most part and KP when, you know, he was actually present, if you will. Uh, so I, I, I think while that's valid, a lot of our mindset should be about, um, acquiring talent, like <laughs> legitimate talent and let the coaching staff do their job and figure out the fit, right? Now, I'm not saying that it isn't valid and which should be completely ignored, but, you know, if we're in a position to acquire talent, we need to acquire talent, which is why even though I don't think it's it's possible, oh, oh, I don't think it will happen, but I, if the Mavs actually legitimately uh, go after John Collins, I'm all for it because He's talented. Does he fit with KP? No, uh, not really. You know, one could wonder how that actually would work out. But that would be a tremendous uh, talent infusion into our lineup. And that's kind of what we need. So that kind of is a segue into my first question uh, for you is, um, you know, overall, looking at the free agent class, it's somewhat underwhelming. Uh, some would, uh, I guess, could describe it as that. And it seems like some of the better talent is the restrictive free agents. So who is the restrictive free agent that makes the most sense in your opinion for the Mavs um, to go after
0: the, the restricted free agent who makes the most sense? Yeah. <sighs> Josh Hart. Uh, because I think he's actually gettable. I don't know how gettable. I don't know how much I just, I'm not like the Lonzo stuff. People's opinions are too varied on him. Um, Jackson Frank, an NBA writer wrote a piece about, and it was really good, really smart thinking. Lonzo just requires the, a situation for him to succeed. And he's not good enough to be that kind of guy to require certain things. Like if you're not the dude, then you kind of have to change your game. And he's really improved in certain areas, but he's got short arms. He's, he can't shoot, he can't, doesn't like attacking the rim. You know his three point game is up for now, but I've you know also watched most of his career where it comes and goes, and his shots funky, and he just don't know when it's coming back. So Hart just sort of strikes me as as a mavericky guy. Um, past that, it, it I guess it would be John Collins, but you know the tea leaves there would have to be as such to where you know. They would have to know the walkaway price almost perfectly because the Hawks would hang that number. They would, they could hang on to that deal for three days and then the market would dry up. And that's why I hate restricted free agency. You just really, really, really got to know what you're doing. And so it sort of freaks me out.
8: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a big risk and I understand that. So I'm, I'm not really anticipating that coming to fruition at all. Um, it's part of my annoyance and part of the thrill. Actually, I, I guess because I'm older, I, I am somewhat a little smarter. So, you know, when I was a little younger, and I would see, oh, the Mavs are interested in such and such, and I would be excited for the week and stuff like that. And then nothing would come to fruition. But I'm a little smarter now, and I know that this just some type of an agent ploy or whatever. And I just want to make one more point. Like, actually, like in comparisons to the shock creators or another ball handler. I actually kind of prefer Conley over Lowry. But Conley is definitely physically unreliable. For like the last three or four years, sure. he's had a hamstring issue that comes up legitimately every year. So that's yeah. a huge risk outside of, okay, somebody like Dinwiddie, X's guy, you know, coming off an ACL injury. That would be as much, especially – you know, with medical advances and stuff like that, that's not such a harbinger uh, or it should be as big of a concern as somebody that has shown you for like three consecutive years, the same injury issue. So, um, but yeah, I'm excited about free agency. I don't want to harp up uh, any more time, but uh, I'll let you speak. I
0: appreciate it as always. Of course, Ike. Yeah. The, the soft tissue stuff is just recurring. I mean, Particularly as you get older, anybody in their, in their 30s, and granted we're not professional athletes and don't have access to the kind of training they do, but anybody knows that it's just like as you get older, it's harder for your body to heal. That's what makes kind of Chris Paul's and longevity really interesting and shocking because he's so small. It's what make Dirk so, so you know, we, we kind of took it for granted. So it's just something to, to consider. I, I really do um, understand what you mean. I'm, I don't know, I, I just saying yes to talent I think is, is a good piece. Coming up next, our friend, Jay. Hey, Jay, what's up? Is that audio going to work for you?
9: Might have to restart Might the to... app. Okay. There you go. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Hey, how's it going, it's man? Good. It's good, to, good to be on here. Yeah. Um, I think you guys, uh, Dalton, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but I'm I'm really curious to see what happens, like, either on draft night or a little bit after that with uh, some of these guys, like Maxie, who's, like, last year in his c- contract is uh, – a team option or non-guaranteed. Um, and then Dorian, of course, is in a contract year. And Dwight Powell has got two years left. And I know you've said that there's some, there's been some interest in him in the past. So I really do wonder if part of like a broader shakeup uh, with the Mavs involves like either dumping them, you know, for cap space or trying to try something different.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the thought of I, I don't think that the Mavericks have a true, you know, maybe Porzingis falls under this, but even it, I don't think they're kind of that interested in trading him. Uh, I don't really, I can't think of a contract right now that's on their books going into, you know, next season that it's truly really like outright awful. I mean, Trey Burks, I guess, but he makes like $3 million with a trade kicker. So who cares? Like yeah. we're not talking about like, We're not talking about somebody making like, who's the guy, uh, you know, like a $17 million a year deal that just and a guy who doesn't play while also having that $17 million a year deal. Like Powell would have been that guy, but I mean, he looks functional. Like he looks like an NBA player again. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah.
9: And I think, um, I think like there is some interesting stuff that could happen. Like, as you said, like there's a lot of options uh, for them. Um, also, like, I, I want to see what you think about the Tim Hardaway. Like, what's your gut feeling with what happens there? I think that he's probably going elsewhere. Um, I don't know if that's just, like, kind of reading the tea leaves from all the different reports and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what you think about it. I think that's probably right. Um, I've
0: referenced it before, and I kind of said I might do this all summer. Like, Tim Hardaway is sort of the hinge of the Mavericks offseason. Like, where they go with him depends. It it it, it illustrates everything else. Um if they decide that they would like him, then that that's that's who that's the off season.
9: <laughs> it just, yeah, you know it's, yeah. that's kind of it. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean that's really all I had. But I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens with some of these other role players because uh, I'm sure that there's other teams you know interested in like Maxi and Dorian. It just really comes down to the Mavs' willingness to part with them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, appreciate
0: it. Best of luck with. Oh yeah, sorry about that, Jake. Cut it. Cut. Press the button a bit early. Uh, the move is is horrifying. I'm I, I'm not looking forward to it. Coming up next, our friend Akiva. What's happening, my guy?
10: Hey, I'm good. I'm good. How you doing, Kirk? Not bad. All right. So I just said one comment about the. I noticed you had uh, a recent uh, uh, a recent chat room subject on asking whether the Mavericks are close or how close they are, right? Mm -hmm. So I really believe, you know, with a great player like Luca, a generational talent, have a bunch of scrubs around him, or very limited players. I I really believe that a guy like Luca, once-in-a-lifetime player, all you need is a great defensive coach, a good coach. And I don't think I don't think kid is it, but we are very close. All we need is a good coach. You
0: know? Yeah, I mean it's it part of the hypothetical, and this is worth talking about again. Frankly, is had they made the second round this year, the the kind of thought processes would have would some of this stuff might have happened anyways. And I, you know, you can't really know that because I think they might have stood a chance of beating Utah. I, I think Phoenix would have been a, a team that would have absolutely thumped them just because Phoenix has kind of had the Mavericks number for like six years. Um, but I, I, I think that there – so much of this is like playoff matchups and like the fact that we only have like Los Angeles Clipper playoff games for Luka is like driving me yeah. a little bit insane because he he played in those playoff games. We might have seen him play – at the level that he did in those playoff games five times the whole regular season he just doesn't play like that like it's a different gear for him which on the one hand is pretty amazing and on the other hand it, it kind of gives you a, a a point of of reference to where we hope he can get to uh playing against that playing that way against like the suns and a fe- you know on a random february tuesday where he cares that much so i i think that they're if they can do anything to find ways to make their defense average because in 2019 2020 they were i want to say like 18th to 19th and this year they were 21st to 22nd like they fell but i mean we all know why like you know covid richardson wasn't as good defensively as they hoped porzingis wasn't as good as defensively as they hoped so it's we're talking about moves in the margins right it's the little things that make a big difference
10: but it's also it's really a part of coaching a great coach can make a big difference
0: and we don't we just don't have that I I'm, but see you also just didn't like the previous coach that we had and he is one of right. the best in the league so he's not it,
10: one of them come on we disagree there we disagree that he's not a good coach Carlisle was a terrible coach he's not he's he, he did win one championship with kid on the floor as a coach. And he, I just, he was just not, he's not a good coach, Kirk. I, disagree. Well, I mean, that, I disagree. Uh,
0: because, but that's okay. And, and you'll, you'll see what we mean when he make, when he makes like the Pacers a three seed somehow. Um, but in, in terms of kid, there's gotta be a, like, like, I, 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 you know, you've heard me. I tend to under, I tend to agree with this, but I'm at least willing to give him some rope you know, to, to try. And I do like the hiring of the assistant coaches. I think that if they have another veteran off season, like they need to bring in a veteran to be the role that Barea played. I'm sort- secretly hoping for like Goran Dragic at this point, but you know, I'll take like Lowry. Any of those guys is interesting to me to play because they just need some stuff. Uh, they need somebody on the floor and, you know, within the coaching staff, to, to make sure the team never gets too high or too low. They had a real problem with that this year.
10: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really do think, though, that uh, if they get the right coach, and, again, I know you hated the, my take on the, uh, That's okay. uh, uh But, you know, Thibodeau never had a player like Luka. Uh, Thibodeau
0: also Thibodeau's ass also got exposed in the playoffs because he did what I, what I told you is that he plays his players, you know, thirty he plays them forty two minutes a night in the regular season, whereas everybody else plays their guys thirty, you know, thirty-six, thirty, thirty-eight. And those extra minutes allow your players to put up better stats and win more regular season games. But then you kind of run into the Avery, and I know you weren't a Mavs fan way back then, but this was the yeah. Maverick this was the Mavericks problem pre Carlisle, is their coach. Played them at such a high level in the regular season, and then they just got worked in the playoffs because they had nowhere to go. So, but I, I mean, coaching does matter. So, so I agree with you there. I mean, we're gonna see. I, I, but it's like I think we talked about this two or three episodes ago. I like the Mavericks coaching staff. You know, the Igor, uh, uh I'm not even gonna, uh, a Slovenian. taught Akosko. me how to say his name last time. Kokosko. Is that a fact that he was he actually hired though? Or is this still just uh, yeah, yeah. rumors? I, uh, Mark oh, okay. I want to say one of, one of his things confirmed it, which is, if that's the case, like, I'm just, I'm really into this idea. And then, uh, you know, the, that, I, I'm just, I don't know, I'm looking great. forward to That'll seeing what it. they can do. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, be thank great. you very much. That's... You got anything else? All right. No, I'm good. Uh, have a great weekend. All right. You too, buddy. Have a good one. All right. I'm going to have to get back to work soon, but we're going to keep flying through people. My man, Lance, what's up? Lance, the audio working for you? That's okay. We'll try again in a bit. Uh, Victor, what's happening? Can you hear me? I can. Nice. Uh,
5: all the cliche phrases, first time, long time. Fan of your work. Uh, simple question. I-, I feel like every time I hear about the cap space available, I never hear anybody mentioning J.J. Redick. And I think he's owed $13 million. Nice so free kind of agent. Yeah. Free agent. Right. So <clears throat> I guess a two part question, a, I think it's, you know, pretty much a done deal that he's not coming back, it seems. Yeah. Um, so it, when you talk about like the potential, maybe I think it's around a little under 30, um, just from kind of the, uh, available free agent space being created, I guess I'm trying to understand with the whole Tim Hardaway piece coming back and the cap hold aspect. Mm-hmm. Is it is it not feasible for them to just say, you know, have this kind of behind the scenes conversation with Hardaway? Hey man, we wanna sign you, but we don't wanna be held hostage by the twenty eight million dollar cap hold, let's say if we do sign him to eighteen. So mm-hmm. can we just announce his bird rights, basically do our moves, and then sign him, or is that like somehow regulated or frowned upon or something
0: there's an order and i don't remember what it is but they it, they, they would have to essentially let not like let him go but they they would essentially have to, to renounce that cap hold that they could still bring him back but at that point the the ability to over i, I want to say it's the ability to overpay him that came with his rights to pay him more than another team goes away so he would essentially have to want to sign to the Mavericks to sign with the Mavericks. Now I'm sure the chat will clear me up about this, but that's kind of the gist and the cap hold is often like it's it's a you know it's like 33% more than whatever your last salary was and that it, it just it, it causes some problems unless you move quickly. And he's just he's in this sort of sweet spot where he's like a tier probably two tiers below a max player, but he's also so skilled like he's also so dependent uh, uh, what he does is so valuable to the Mavericks that if he wanted to uh, you know he could really make this a little bit uncomfortable for them, but I, I don't think that's going to be the case. Like I, I kind of suspect a quick resolution to to the Tim Hardaway
5: thing. I guess, and that makes sense. I guess what I'm and what I'm trying to make sense in my mind is like clearly, I think Tim likes the fit. The only issue really is the money, which I hey, I get. I'm going to get yeah. all my money as well. I'm just like, wait a minute, and I think part of it's wishful thinking that. The strategy the Mavs employ is for sure just not the star chasing, just upgrading the talent of the starting five around Luca. So in my mind, I'm like, man, just give me quality pieces. And I think he is one. So I'm over here like, instead of saying, oh, man, we only have 30, his cap holds 28, I'm like, if Tim thinks it's a good fit, we think it's a good fit, why wouldn't we just kind of bypass the whole, oh, man, it has to hold so much? And basically, I don't know, make a couple moves, right? And then just clear up a little bit more space to, you know, get him at that 18-20. But it just seems like procedurally everything I've heard or read is like, no, you've got to go head first into this $28 million cap hold, which ergo is why, you know, hey, Tim Hardaway, if you bring him back, that's your whole offseason. So I'm just like, man, what am I missing? That why couldn't they just have a combo with him, come to a, near that number deal. And if the step is you do have to denounce his rights, just do so. And then, you know, obviously we got the relationship Just sign him and then hopefully get another, you know, one or two starters off that space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I understand. It is a little bit confusing. Um, the chat has been discussing. It. I don't want to read everybody's thoughts, but they're smarter than me. Um, all right, Vic, you got anything else? No, that's it, man. Appreciate you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Just got to do one more, couple more people, then I got to go back to work. Mr. Hogan, how you
7: doing? Peter, is the audio working for you? Give
0: it a try. If you can exit and rejoin. There we go. I think I heard you. Can you hear me? Sorry. Yep. Not a problem. I didn't <laughs> you give cut out you that warning. You cut out Whoop. Then I accidentally punted Peter from the stage. Time to time to reinvite Peter. Shows me uh shows everybody that I know uh, what I'm doing when I'm running this app. Um my uh my son's upstairs. I heard him yelling for me, so I'm like doing three things at once. So I think I'm sorry, here. Peter,
3: go ahead. I think okay. I'm here. Okay, great. I uh I just wanted to read a few scores to you before I um before I go on with my yeah. point. Um let's see. 105 to 118. Um Oh sorry, phone. 118 to 108, 120 to 100 109 to 103, and 123 to 119, and then 105 to 98. Those are the scores from the from the six finals games. Yeah. So you know, the, a lot of the conversation in here about the Rashawn Holmes has been um defensively he doesn't fit with KP. I don't see a lot of defense being played in these final series, outside of the last game in the final series. Really? I, I, okay, I mean, go ahead. I, I watched probably about I probably I watched I think four games. Four okay. of them, I missed two of them due to you know baby things. Sure, but um, of course. but I just think that you know if we're gonna if we're screw defense, let's just lean into the offense and score as many points as we can, and say you know it's your job to catch up. Other team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as far as Rashawn Holmes goes, I, I, you know, the defensive fit, I'm less concerned about that. I'm just, I, I kind of just kind of saying, you know, at this point, we have two incredible offensive players that fit really well on the offensive end. Let's just lean in and keep going and, and, you know, get as many, you know, and everybody's talking about shooters. If, you know, we're needing more shooters, okay, well, then we're, we're really focusing on offense. So that's just kind of my thought on the whole Rashawn Holmes thing. Um, I had one other point, but I've been working since we've been uh, sitting here listening and I've since forgotten it. So if you, if you have time for one other person, I'll let you grab them. But if not, I know you have to get on with your workday. So I appreciate it. And uh, thanks.
0: No problem, Peter. Uh, I appreciate you coming up. I will say as far as the defense in the finals, the defense, in the finals was specific. The the Bucks wanted uh, wanted Devin Booker to shoot often and early, and he did, and he wasn't quite good enough to beat him. It made me think a lot about what would have happened if Luca was in that position, to be honest with you, because Booker is more of a scorer despite being an excellent passer. Um the defense comes in like like a few of those games were very good defensively. Um the 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 shooting was also weird for both teams because like I didn't feel like, at least in the last three, I don't remember any games that had like like crazy uh, defensive or three point differentials, like, and that seemed to be a big kind of factor for the off season. But um, yeah. So guys, I let me see here. I got a couple more people, but I'm just not going to be able to get to you because I need to get back to work. So uh, I'm probably going to do this Sunday again, Sunday night. So we'll hang out a little bit um, next week. Who knows what the schedule will be? Just because I'm moving uh but then you know by that point we'll probably have a lot more like substantive free agent rumors like this stuff starts flying like more and more in terms of volume as we get closer to the to the deadline so we'll see how that goes um thank you every uh, very much for everybody joining and we will talk to you in a couple of days bye guys